this is Mary Angela Perna, and welcome to Lush Left Media. I have on today's program Will Bretterman. He is a Daily Beast researcher. He's also a great writer, and he's an award winner. He, I hope I don't botch this, he won an award for the Society of American Business Editors and Writers. Is that correct? Yes, last year. Congratulations. That's, that's Thank you. Really, Thank you. That's extremely cool. He also worked for Cranes and The Observer and Brooklyn Paper, and you're just an all-around great writer, great researcher, and you cover something that I'm obsessed with, which is all things Bannon. So welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So you wrote a piece, and the title is The Billionaire Behind Bannon's Fake Chinese Embassy. Now, you know. I'm one of the few normal people that listens to Bannon three hours a day. And I don't mean like intent, like I'm in rap, like listening at rapt attention. I mean, you know, it's not on in the background. But I'm extremely familiar with that show. I'm familiar with all the lunatics that go on there. But I didn't see this before. So when I saw this, I was like, what is this? And, oh, my gosh, I poured myself, like, a really good cup of coffee and, like, settled down. You know, you know when you're excited to read something? Mm-hmm. I was so excited. So let's talk about this. So what so – this is about what? This is, explain what, what led you to this and what are we talking about. So the billionaire behind <laughs> Banyan's fake Chinese embassy. So what I what I noticed was uh, in uh, effectively after news broke and then we broke it, uh, my colleagues with Daily Beast, uh, that there was funding for the new sort of um, conservative Twitter alternative getter uh, emanating right. from. Say again. Right. J- Jason Jason Miller, who you, uh, was yes, Bannon's yes. former co-host. Yes. Yes. So yes. We, that, that there was money coming from that from the foundations uh, of uh, Miles Guo or Guo Wangui, uh, whose name I'm right. probably not pronouncing correctly. But, um, you know, the uh, I took a look uh, at his foundations. He, he has two... Uh, entities that Bannon was involved in, the Rule of Law Society and the Rule right. of Law Foundation. So Rule of Law Society 4 and the Rule of Law Foundation 3. And these uh, are you know, sort of uh, not atypical of what you see increasingly in politics now, particularly with sort of what you would call a dark money operation, an operation that does not have to disclose its donors or does not have to fully disclose the sources of its funding. Uh, where one is a uh, 501c3 nonprofit, meaning it can't be directly involved or can only to a de minimis uh, extent be involved uh, in, uh, you know, promoting a particular uh, uh, political candidate or cause. Uh, and the other is a 501c4, which is not tax-exempt but can take on those roles. Um, when I pulled the paperwork associated with these, and I pulled paperwork associated with other uh, Guo entities. I realized these were all based out of an address uh, on East 64th Street. In fact, the right. uh, Rule of Law Society 4 and the Rule of Law, Rule of Law Foundation 3, pardon me, uh, both uh, are located on the third floor uh, of this building uh, on uh, 64th Street uh, that, um, you know, Basically, I was, un- I was personally at that time unfamiliar with, but I could see from the materials that I believe the Rule of Law Society filed with the IRS and the Rule of Law Foundation, uh, and I may occasionally get these mixed up, and I apologize if that occurs, uh, but effectively one had filed uh, materials in California and, and one had t- filed materials uh, with the IRS. Um, and when I looked at them, like I said, both were based out of this building on East 64th Street. Uh, I okay. immediately had some questions about, you know, nor, one of the, you know, sort of the first things, you know, I learned uh, as a reporter, uh, particularly, you know, trying to do uh, investigative journalism uh, or even just doing a very basic sort of study of the origin of, say, campaign finance contributions or trying to sort of, you know, pierce the corporate veil, as it were, is that organizations that share an address sort of tend to be all related. And so I, I always, whenever I'm looking uh, at a new entity, 
or new organization, you really, I really key in on the address. So sometimes this can be problematic because, you know, an address is a UPS drop box or a post, right. you know, post office box, uh, and you'll see, you know, hundreds, dozens of entities belonging to many different people located in one location. This was not the case with this location. This location is a single physical structure. And as I began looking more at what it was, it is a very sort of unusual-looking building. Is this the modern one? It's the really modern-looking one, right? Yes. It's a, it's a sort of, yes. In the rest of the block, if you go to this particular block. It, it doesn't uh, fit in with the rest of the block at all. Yeah, no, it, it's a very, you know, sort of historic uh, uh, block on the Upper East Side, extremely, you know, right. you know, the wealthiest neighborhood in New York City, for anybody who's not right. familiar. Uh, you know, you're basically, I think at that point, three avenues over from Central Park. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much right on the, uh, the corner of Lexington Avenue. Um, you're, you're basically, like, I think, maybe two doors in from the, uh, the corner of Lexington Avenue. I've, um, been, I've been on that street a thousand times, and I don't remember this building. I, I don't so, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's insane. It's, 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 it's a very new structure, and as I began kind of peeling back, one of the fascinating things that caught me, you might get right away, is the building, you know, is still listed for sale, uh, and, you know, among its, its sort of uh, uh, features is it's entirely sheathed in bulletproof glass. Um, oh, is it really? And, yes. The, the, the building, uh, in fact, the entire facade, the building was planned, I think, came in, were submitted for it uh, in 2015. The previous structure was demolished. Uh, this totally new structure with this uh, imported glass, I believe, originated in Germany and was, like, heavily enameled in Spain uh, and then shipped over here. Uh, six stories worth of that uh, material, uh, you know, went up in, in the uh, last few years and uh, I believe received a certificate of occupancy, uh, I believe, in late 2018 or, or very early 2019. I'd have to check that again. Um, but it had been designed by a very famous architect uh, from Uruguay named Rafael Vignoli, uh, who is mostly known for building, you know, as I mentioned in my story, uh, large public buildings, uh, has done a lot of work at West Point, uh, right. the Edward, right. designed the, yes, designed the Edward M. Kennedy Institute uh, in Boston, uh, I believe, you know, uh, was involved in some federal buildings in New Jersey, uh, built uh, the NYU compound in Abu Dhabi. Um, you so know, not, it's a lot, so in other words, not like single on a resident. This is a very residential block. Yes, it's, it's a residential a block. Right. And it's a primarily residential building. The the zone, the code in the sort of certificate of occupancy permits uh, commercial activity in the first two floors, but the remaining four floors, floors three through six, uh, are all uh, supposed to be part of one uh, six-bedroom mansion. Uh, that was that Vignoli designed. And, yes, like mostly does, he does, you know, big public works, public building projects, right. or does luxury condominium towers. He was hired for constructing this building, uh, this, this residence, for the, uh, an Argentine uh, businessman named Eduardo Yernakian. And, uh, you know, from what I could tell, you know, I, I saw articles when it was when the building went up for sale, uh, and I, uh, you know, I what the next thing I did is I checked the property records. The ownership has been consistent. Uh, I checked where the tax bill was going, and it was, has continuously gone to an address uh, in Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, that also belongs to Eduardo Yernakian. So it was clear to me that uh, Guo and Bannon had not bought this building. Um, what it also was clear to me was that by operating, you know, offices out of the third floor, it was uh, they were probably in violation of, of local building codes, and seemingly they were using then this Argentine billionaire's personal residence as their offices. Uh, the next thing I did was I, you know, I just got on a train from Brooklyn and I went uh, into the city. And, you know, to personally sort of inspect the situation, see if it was possible to talk to anybody who worked there, see if it was possible to get into the right. building. 
Uh, and when I got there, what I noticed, which you can't see and doesn't show up in the, the Google Maps uh, and the Google Street View, is that this has sort of been restyled as a, the Himalaya Embassy. There are now, and the security seems to have been beefed up as a pretty uh, sophisticated looking uh, and, and uh, noticeable security camera uh, located uh, basically right in the entryway. There's sort of now this metal lettering off this is the Himalaya Embassy, and it's flying this flag, which I did not recognize at the moment, but later realized was for the uh, new federal state of China. And I, I stopped a woman who was, you know, trying to get into the building, um, and she told me she worked for the Rule of Law Society. And, um, you know, before I could really go any further, a uh, security guard, she was trying to dial into the buzz into the building, uh, and a security guard came out and sort of asked me who I was and what I was doing. I left my contact information. Uh, I realized, you know, I kind of, uh, after he and I, you know, exchanged information, I realized there was another pair of uh, individuals uh, who had, a, you know, kind of seemed to be, uh, both were wearing earpieces uh, and were sort of uh, patrolling the sort of area in front of the building. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, subsequent to that, I, you know, I wound up kind of doing a bit of a stakeout. I hung, I got into the building across the street, you know, and was like looking at, just to get a sense of, um, you know, what the use of the structure was. And so I'm, you know, in, in the building across the street, and I can see it starts to rain that particular day. There was a pretty severe rainstorm. The lights go on. Uh, and I can sort of see, you know, there's these conference rooms set up uh, on the uh, third and fifth floors, which if so I had already told the floor. Like no one, it's not being used for residential. I, I mean, at I least could've, I could've... What, what I can say, see is that, let's say is that the, those, those rooms that I was looking into where there were people sitting and working around conference tables uh, were, are in the floor plan supposed to be bedrooms. Uh, now right. there is, further there was a court case uh, that, no, wait, can I, can I ask you, can I, can I ask you a quick question? Did you go, go on to Rebney, you know, the real estate board in New York and, you know, and look, you can usually see if something had been for sale. You can see what, whoever the, the agent was, though, there'll always be, you can see inside what the building is. Yeah, I, I did, agent. I did take a look at a couple of tour videos on the Rebney site, but it was uh, listed with Compass, which is another uh, brokerage who I, I eventually ended up speaking to somebody there. Uh, but right. no, I, I did see the, the tour videos, and they all seem to be, uh, you know, ad, again, advertising the building as for sale. Now, when I eventually called the agent, who was also an Argentine woman, um, you, know, who, you know, regarding, you know, the, the situation there, uh, she basically told me that the building, even though it was listed for sale, had been rented almost immediately as it went on the market, and there had been no effort to sell it. Uh, in three years. So, uh, oh, wow. you know, and there, there, there had been, and there had been a, and this is in the article that, you know, there, there, there actually had been, I, I linked it in the article to, you know, a number of, of New York real estate uh, uh, publications that, you know, were writing about, oh, you know, Eduardo Yernake and putting up his, you know, bulletproof mansion for sale. But the building had really never uh, been actively for sale. It was rented out almost immediately. Um, and, uh, you know, has now been converted into the, uh, you know, the bulletproof embassy uh, of this new federal <laughs> yeah, state of yeah. China that, that Bannon and, and Guo declared sorry, together. The way you put that, it was, that's so weird, like this bulletproof glass. <laughs> it's a very, I mean, there's a lot of, I think a lot of questions that, that kind of need to be. I have that, so many questions. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to, you know what? I swear to God, I think I might have to do some stakeouts myself because I'm so obsessed with Bannon that I know. Because By the way, you know I watch that stupid show. And he, it's not like a pot, I mean, he has a podcast on, but it's usually, as I was telling you off air, it's on Real American Voice, which is a, you go on the website and you, you see him in the, like the, the embassy in, uh, the Breitbart embassy in D.C. But lately, right. he's been with no explanations. Remember I told you he never explains things? No mm -hmm. explanations. He's been, he's been, now I thought he was in the city in New York. For like the Rudy thing, right? Because Rudy goes on there all. He's really good. He's Rudy's always on Bannon show. So I thought he was there for like Rudy's thing, 
But now that I, he, he, it must have been that building because it's looking like you could see from like the windows, like in the back, and it looked like that with that street would be. Like I'll, with that I'll, have to, I'll have to take a look for that. And I'll, 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 I'll show I'll, you. I'll, I'll, I think I even what? have because I sometimes I I tape, I tape the show like just to have you know because I I don't know if the show's ever gonna get taken off the air. You know what I mean? So like I'll tape like one some, some more of the ridiculous stuff. And I think I have some, and I can show you what I'm talking about. And he was doing multiple where he was, like, kind of zooming in from there. It looks like it was from there. I know he was in New York. I'm positive. But I wasn't – but now – but I think it was there. What I think is sure is that there was a court case uh, in which uh, Guo was sued and he countersued uh, a few, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, conservative operatives – uh, he wanted them to execute a contract, sort of an investigation of CCP officials. Uh, there was a dispute. It was, you know, the it was basically no. As of right now, no one has been awarded any damages, either the suit or the countersuit. Uh, and the judge, uh, who I quote his ruling a bit, and he was sort of agnostic in the entire thing. Uh, but as part of this, there were a number of questions came up. Uh, regarding this location, and because Guo, not only does he have this, you know, embassy, not only has he declared it the embassy of this new federal state of China he launched with Bannon, not only is it the offices of these uh, entwined nonprofits that he established with Bannon, it's also the location of his family investment office, uh, Golden Spring, New York, which is an extension of, I believe, the Hong Kong-based entity uh, that Golden Spring uh, which manages his wealth, uh, and also so is his media company. And, I was just gonna uh, say, I think they do. I think they do pod, I think they do his own like GTV out yes. of there. His, his studio right. is there. It basically this this is the brain center, as far as I can tell, of all of Guo's operations, and at right. least of the operations that he runs in conjunction with Steve Bannon. Uh, the, Correct. The court case, in, in the depositions uh, around the court case, they deposed a uh, journalist named Sasha Gong, uh, who has a, uh, a negative history uh, with Guo. Um, he basically wound up uh, getting her fired by making false statements live on air. Um, she she uh, testified in her deposition that she had visited this location that Guo had his office uh, up on the sixth floor, and that ba- he pointed out to her an office that he identified as Steve Bannon's, uh, also on the top floors. And I, I spoke with her. Right. She was not. She was not sure if it was on the sixth floor or fifth floor, but said it was definitely one of right. the two. Uh, so you know, there at least is, like I said, some evidence. There's definitely besides all these Bannon-oriented and Bannon-aligned and, and Bannon really co-founded. Uh, organizations being based in here and the country, the supposed shadow government for China that he founded, co-founded, being based here. Uh, you know, there is some, there is a suggestion, indication that he has uh, an office at this location. Um, wait, this wait, is, but, but you know, wait. Go I, ahead, I have go a question. Ahead. I have a question, an obvious question. As far as I know, I mean, the guy owned a yacht. Guo, that Bannon was arrested on last yeah. summer. I mean, why can't he just buy the thing? Why the this is something I, I honestly cannot say, and I don't think I don't know if anybody, oh, or I don't know who who is not anyone who is not handling money on behalf of Guo and Guo himself and perhaps a small circle of other people can say uh, what Guo's financial situation is. Bear in mind, Guo has claimed publicly and his or slash his attorneys have claimed publicly he, that he does not own uh, the Soraka Media Company, which runs uh, GTV and uh, the very sorted you know, networks that he broadcasts out of this location, even though these companies literally have trademarked his name. You can look up right. in, the United, in the U.S. trademark database. His, his name uh, is, has, has been trademarked 
by these media companies that he's running out of there that his lawyers will tell you he has no stake in, no relationship with. Uh, he has also claimed in court that he does not own the 18th floor penthouse at the Sherry Netherland Hotel, uh, which he purchased. Oh, you mean for, the one that were like always like those pictures of him with like his dogs and he's got his huge... Yeah, and, and he showed it off to the New York Times and, you know, has yeah, boasted yeah, yeah, about... Yeah, that, he his, his, that? His, his, his lawyers, again, claim he doesn't own that. Uh, you know, there is... Wow. There, there is a, you know, a lot of mystery about Guo and a, a lot, lot of, mystery of mystery about... About, um, yes. you know, the, the sources and his access to resources, uh, you know... And about his motivation and intention. Does he own that yacht? Does he own? Oh, I have so many questions. Uh, you know, he. You know, and quite the thing is, we we you, we do not know if well, well, or wait, when what, or wait, who wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. telling the truth. Go ahead. Go what ahead. does he build as a real estate investor? He made all his money in real estate. He, yes, he. He. You know, that is that is part of the the narrative. Uh, that has that he has you know sort of uh, promoted is that yes he was a real estate investor he had a very close relationship uh, with a high ranking uh, you know Chinese security official who had a you know appears to have had a falling out uh, with Xi Jinping uh, and uh, you know that he asserts is what induced him to flee China uh, it, it's really again the what came up in this court case, and as I quoted the judge's ruling, is that right. there's a lot of inconsistency with what Guo has said, uh, with who he has purported to be, with, uh, you know, and, and he has said some things that have been deeply, and promoted some things that have been deeply critical uh, and, and would be scandalous uh, for the Chinese Communist Party. He also has a record of other statements and relationships which have led folks to question you know, what is his real relationship? Uh, you know, is he With a real... What are, right. And what, what is he, you know, what are his real motivations? What are his real interests and intentions? And the truth is, I can't sit here and tell you I know for sure is the answer to that. any of these questions at this point. Uh, I think that there, I, this is a, a rich thing to have. I am now so blown away by the story that just the fact that he's built as this, like, really wealthy guy in real estate, you would think, wouldn't, wouldn't just logic say that he would just be able to buy his own building? And, it's you know, uh, according, to, according to Sasha Gong, the journalist I alluded to earlier, she told me that Guo claimed to her he did own the building. Uh, but that's that's demonstrably false, as I mentioned, regarding the property records well, and why, the tax I mean, why lie? And why lie about it? Right. I, I, you know, there's, there's a big question, like I said, about what funds Guo actually controls, what funds he has access to. Um, you know, purportedly all of his assets in, in mainland China were frozen. Uh, he obviously has access or has access via other persons to funds that, uh, you know, have been, I believe, routed via Hong Kong and possibly London as well. Um, but it, it's a really it is a great mystery and a great question, uh, and but one that, that you know, he's I, making, but some of his money is, um, and this is going to sound, just hear me out. I mean, I, as I told you before, like Bannon show, it gets a huge reach. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say if you all you have just on one platform, you know, Apple uh, Podcast, which is a gigantic, as you know, gigantic. You know what do you call it? Uh, My megaphone, of course. Yeah. That 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 show is heard by millions of people. Sure. Uh, what I can tell you for sure is that Guo Guo has raised a lot of money off of his supporters, and this has now prompted a federal investigation. No, but what uh, I'm the, asking the, is the piece is the piece. You know, people thought that he was. I and I even said to you. That well was was Bannon's benefactor, but now I'm because I am so familiar with the day to day of Bannon, and I've looked into all his nonsense and his idiocy, that I am almost <coughs> everything is very transactional. As I told you before, 
I'm wondering if maybe, like, Miles, he's got his own agenda. We're not sure what it is, but there's a mutually yeah, – because remember, Bannon has his deal. He was a – you know, he he was the Golden Sacks guy, then he went and did some production work and blah, blah, blah. But we don't really know how much money Bannon has, really. I mean, I've never heard anyone say, like, they can definitively say. But apparently he owns multiple homes. I mean, I'm just wondering if there's a mutually financial thing there for both of like each other, not just one being uh, one benefactor. Ben and I did file a uh, uh, official disclosure when he was in the White House, and I think he actually had some trouble because he misreported debt uh, that he had. Um, and the answer is, I don't know. At this point, we don't know. What what I do know is that Guo does not own this building that he has converted so into crazy. his, like, embassy and, uh, uh, yeah, sort of brain center. And it's, it's really it's unclear. And, and it's also not the first time Bannon has found himself and, you know, or has wound up in a situation like this. Uh, we had an exclusive story uh, now about four years ago uh, regarding what was the uh, Breitbart, quote-unquote, embassy, as they called it, uh, in uh, D.C., which belonged to an Egyptian businessman uh, and uh, politician, uh, Mustafa El-Gindi, uh, who, and there were allegations, uh, as, as we reported in that exclusive uh, story, uh, you know, that there was a relationship other than a landlord-tenant relationship uh, and that they were, you know, uh, taking some actions on his behalf. Uh, you know, this was, I said, uh, alleged, in, I believe, in federal. Uh, oh, so it wasn't the. Mer- I thought for some reason I thought it was the Mercers that owned that. It wasn't the Mercers that owned that. Uh, that townhouse? that the bright. What was the uh, the Breitbart Embassy in, in D.C. was owned and I believe still is owned. I'd actually have to check the property records there uh, by Mustafa El Gindi. Um, so, so, so you know, th- again, that's, another, that's another question I had. Leave me out. It would yeah. seem, if you're going to do a fascist podcast, you're going to do this crazy thing with this embassy you're talking about, this shadow government, I guess, embassy thing in, on the Upper East Side, just why, if you, why would you want to just, like, have a permanent base of operations? Like, renting doesn't feel permanent at all. I've rented, I know. Like, yeah. Uh, is, much, is much more you would think you know, that they would just buy these things. I just I keep harping on this because it's very obvious to me that something is right. weird here. Yeah, there there is, is some very weird things going on here, and I think there are at this point more questions than answers. But I think they were all questions and are questions worth raising and trying to answer to the best of our abilities. Um, and the, the truth is. Uh, we don't know, and I don't know, the exact relationship between Bannon, Guo, uh, and the owner of this facility, Eduardo Yernakian. I was just going to say, what, what's up with building. the owner? The, the no, owner is, is, it, is it an investment? You know how you know people park their cash in real estate, and they, they don't even live in the United States. Like, that's a common thing, and especially mm-hmm. Manhattan. So my question is, is that, was it just like an investment thing for this guy and he doesn't, it's whatever, okay? It's a, it's a big question. When he was first doing this, this was going to be his Manhattan residence and also on those sort of first two commercial floors, the found, you know, the sort of location of his or the, the headquarters, American headquarters for his company, the Corporación America, uh, and the, the U.S. headquarters rather than the American headquarters. Uh, when we're talking about somebody from Latin America, um, the uh, uh, what and yet he has this custom-built house, uh, and it, you know, which with the the bulletproof glass, he hires a famous architect to build for him, uh, and right. yet it completes, and he almost he almost immediately puts it on the market, and right. even though it's on the market it's actually not really being actively, they're not actively courting buyers or looking for buyers. You said that it was, uh, it was, it was on, on, uh, you can see Red, the listings. The listings are still on, live. 
but okay. the the agent who is associated with the listings listings and works for uh, Compass told me straight up that there had been no attempts to sell the building uh, since it had been rented uh, three years ago. So it's a you know it's a very large again big question you know why did your neck in go through all this trouble to build this uh, uh, building you know and it, which is is you know not perhaps not to my taste or or, or, or you know. Uh, you know, architecturally, but certainly, uh, you well, the know, bullet, invested... the bulletproof glass, that's a, that's a distinct, I've, listen, I used to sell real estate in the city, in New York. That, I've never heard of such, I mean, maybe, I'm sure it exists. Listen, I don't know. I haven't looked into these things, but that's a very interesting uh, Unusual and, and distinctive feature, and <laughs> yeah, I understand why very it would be extreme. attractive to glow. Uh, I, you know, it's it's all very strange. Uh, why? Like, I, why oh wait, I have a question. Go I'm ahead. sorry to harp on these things. I can't get no, over right. this. All right, so I wonder if that bulletproof glass was put on after. But no, you can't. I mean, you, you no, that was that was a that was a yeah quintessential uh, that was a feature, feature of the and that was uh, <laughs> yes, and that's been the case from the outset. That is so yeah. I, I there's a good question. Yeah, there's a good, basically, you know, you're asking good questions, and they're all questions I asked, and I covered uh, New York City real estate. crazy, because the whole thing is insane. It makes, you know, maybe it's because, like, listen, you were, I lived in New York for 35 years. You were, you're a New Yorker. You and I know New York. Like, this, none of this makes any sense. It just doesn't. I mean, this often, you, it's, it's, it, as you said, it's not uncommon for, you know, foreign investors uh, to own property cash. in New York City. Yes, I mean, to, to go to this degree and this level of customization <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and to bring That's in Raphael Vignoli. That's my point. That's my point. That yes, is my point. You know, and, you know what's really common is like a Pieter tear when someone has like even one or two more right. condo. Like, you know how they don't, you don't have to pass a co-op board. You pass it, you know, you do a condo, but it's going to be, the, it's going to be, more expensive, but then you don't have to deal with the entire co-op process, so it's easier right. to pass the board, and that way you can do more customizations and et cetera and et cetera, and it's a good place to park your money. But that's a really common thing. It just is. Yes. It's very common, and you and I both know that. But as you now, I don't know what the ratio used to be. I used to know what it was. New York City, for people that don't know. Let's just talk about Manhattan. It's like eighty percent co-ops and twenty percent, not maybe not even uh, condos. Maybe it's even higher. Maybe it's like eighty. I don't, think, you know well, I, I don't know that off the top of my head. It's, a large, it's, there's it's a large number of rental co- units in. Large number like rental units in that too, but no, but no. Uh, there are a lot. There, there are especially for like ownership. on the upper east side. I'm talking for ownership. Yeah, oh, for 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 owned properties. That maybe I, I honestly have no idea there. No, it is. It, that, that was a known fact. If you worked in real estate, you knew that. It was like 80% co-ops and 20% uh, condos. And the reason why people preferred condos was because you, it wasn't as rigorous a co-op uh, right. a board process, like passing the board. But, you were, but, however, the negative was that it was going to be more expensive. The yeah. condo is going to be technically, generally, I'm talking very general. Generally yeah. speaking, I'm not talking about your Fifth, your fifth Avenues and all that. I'm, but generally speaking, a, a condo is more expensive. But the fact that you buy this townhouse, and I'm very familiar with the Upper East Side. I live there. I know it. It's it, it, first of all, it's not, it's a fortune to buy these townhouses. <laughs> the taxes yeah. alone are insane. It's very expensive to have an entire townhouse on that, and especially that street, that area. It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Then, to, as you said, to do that amount of very specific customization, like the bullet. First of all, it's super modern. It looks completely out of place. Second of all, it's the fact that you're telling me they're breaking, and I'm very familiar with this. They're breaking. You know, most residential things you can have like. You know, everyone knows in New York, like you walk down the street, residential. I don't care if it's in Brooklyn. I don't care where it is, what borough. There'll be like, a, even on the second floor, there might be a dance studio. You know you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Like the first floor is a restaurant, the second floor is a dance studio, and the rest is residential. Because there's a certificate of occupancy that, that has to be followed. 
So here's another question I have for you in that vein. I'm neighbors, especially when you own like in a place, like in an area like that, they're going to be like, okay, what's happening across the street? What's going on with that thing down the street? And they're going to start looking and they're going to start noticing. And then somebody's going to place a call. And if you, I'm sure you're aware that New York is one of the most regulated areas as far as real estate goes. It just is. It's very regulated. You have it's the rules. I mean, housing courts, you know, very active because you have to follow things by the book if you own. I'm amazed that neighbors haven't called the city and been like, what's going on with this building? Because I'm seeing residential things on, on the fifth and sixth floor. There, there have been uh, several, uh, I believe four in all, complaints lodged with the Department of Buildings. Uh, prior right. to my reaching out, though, the Department of Buildings had not visited the location since 2019. And when they did, after I reached out to the Department of Buildings and said, you know, what, are you, what do you know about this location? What can you tell me? Uh, they deployed inspectors twice. And both times, if you just literally go to the Department of Buildings, Buildings website, uh, and look up the report for this property, uh, they were prevented from entering by the security staff. Um, what, so that's so, that? Like, that, okay, you don't know, all right. Like, I, I, honestly, you know like, the, there will be probably, I believe, a, a follow, a, you know, after, I believe, I, I have to actually look at this again, what the process is once you have had two unsuccessful visits. Uh, there's, so I, but right. I think this is going to be things like the watches, is what sort of enforcement action uh, comes next, especially now that there has been some news coverage of it. Um, so that that's something to watch. And frankly, I'm watching to see what your Nakian, uh does. That because I, I think, think I might be. Is, I think I I honestly I'm so intrigued by this now. Just because I worked in real estate, I lived in New York forever. I I'm now so intrigued, and because of Bannon, I'm so intrigued by this. And because I saw him in some the same location. Many, many, multiple times recently, and you're like, and it, oh, he's got like the whole mic set up, because now there's been a few times where he's clearly been like in hotel rooms, not in New York. Like he's obviously somewhere else. You can tell, you know, mm-hmm. he's doing some whatever, and you could tell it's a hotel room. But this is like different, and I noticed it. I noticed he's got like a his full normal mic set up. It, it's clearly like it's not the normal. It feels like an office that he has up there. That's what I. That's what it felt like to me. And I that that is, as I said, according to Sasha Gong, is is the uh, arrangement that he has there, or at least the arrangement that Guo told her that he has yes. there. Um, and as I said, of course, he's just had now multiple entities that he's affiliated with and co-founded, uh, based out of this location. Uh, so, no, it, it's something I'm definitely keeping my eye on as it goes forward. You know, it, it, my, a big question for me, because I, I had uh, tremendous difficulty getting any kind of comment out of Yernakian's uh, folks. His company didn't respond to me. I spoke to an assistant for him who confirmed he owned the building, but, you know, wouldn't really say anything else, said he couldn't say anything else, said, you know. And, you know, it, it, what is Yernakian aware of what's going on there? Is he that's my aware? Point. That's my Thing I want to know. You know, because it, it, any any violations that occur at this location, uh, you know, would on be him. On, on, on him as the owner. Yes. Of so uh, I'm I'm very curious to watch and see what happens next, and I think that will be uh, revelatory. Uh, you know, if if and when anything occurs, and if nothing occurs, I think that also, uh, you know, is is what might speak volumes. Uh, so. No, this is a uh, this is a story okay. that is uh, in many ways I think still ongoing and is a story that's gonna that's gonna be I'll be revisiting in the in the weeks ahead here. Um, yeah, we, I like think to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it for free because I'm gonna now just load up on my my Easy Pass which I haven't used in forever because of COVID. But you know I'm gonna I'm willing to go. I hate the GW, but I'm willing to like schlep on over now that I'm in Jersey and. I don't care. I'll case it with you. We can take ships. I have to know what's happening here. I'm the type of person, like, once something is bothering me, like, I got to know. I have to, like, I will case it. I'll sit there in ships. Like, I'll buy you coffee. I Whatever. It has to be done. 
something. And I want to know, like, what are the neighbors? I, I know those areas. People wouldn't be cool with that. I mean, I spoke to a few folks who work nearby for my story in the quote. Like, they did say that, you know, this is a strange situation. There are sort of these odd convoys or all these cars with the... Uh, with right. The, that, you know, rolling up at the building that, you know... Yes. Uh, just, you know, security outside all the time. One person uh, reported seeing a person who, you know, wore clothing that, you know, matched Guo's clothing. Guo has a very sort of distinctive wardrobe uh, entering right. the facility. So, you know, there, this is definitely raising questions among uh, uh, folks in the block. Now, the building right immediately next door, actually, I went into as well, uh, and it seems to be under uh, construction. It wasn't clear to me if anybody was living there. I spoke very briefly with a contractor inside. Um, so, no, I, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, like the questions yet to be answered. Uh, and, I mean, of course, I encourage anybody who hears or knows anything to reach out. Um, you know, Yernakian himself is a guy who, uh, like Guo and Bannon, has made a number of, or made at least one that I know of, critical statement about China. He did an interview with Bloomberg News in 2019, said, you know, we basically said Argentina should pursue a relationship with the United States, not with China, uh, basically arguing that more prosperous countries have relationships with the United States. But he himself has uh, rather extensive business dealings uh, with, uh, you know, with the Chinese, with the Chinese government, with Chinese state-owned companies, and this includes uh, one of you know one of his lenders uh, is the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China. Uh, that's one of his more significant pieces of debt. Uh, and uh, you know, further than that, he just within the last month here uh, bought out the entire portfolio uh, of Sinopec, the uh, Chinese uh, you know state-owned oil company. Their entire portfolio of oil and gas fields in Argentina. Uh, Yernakian purchased, I believe, at the end of June. Uh, so, uh, and purchased at a fair, at a very favorable uh, price. You know, I believe the Chinese paid, uh, you know, something. I believe it was 2.4 billion for these assets, and Yernakian, I think, purchased them for 240 million. Uh, so, but think about this: you own a brownstone and this is all usually a lot of them are single family you know like it's you know it's not especially that area so it's not like they're divvied up into apartments so just typical taxes for something that would be like 60,000 you're talking tremendous property taxes alone on a what a 14 million dollar brownstone it's on it's on the market for 50 million right now all right, so that, right. Even higher, even larger, so, you know, yes, go ahead. Even more, right. So what I'm saying is, like, you mean to tell me that people on that block are just going to, like, oh, that's cool, that are paying that, have, that, are paying that much money it's in taxes alone? That doesn't make sense. That's illogical. Uh, again, it's like there have been there were there have been uh, past com, you know complaints about the uses of this building. Uh, yeah, it, it, the the emb- the the new federal state of China, you know that that <laughs> shadow <laughs> government is is a relatively new creation. And frankly, right. the you know uh, it, it you know I believe what it was <laughs> announced in twenty twenty or was in twenty or late twenty nineteen. I uh, know it was in June twenty twenty. So it, this this sort of uh, creation has been around for really a year at most, and in, in a very strange year, uh, in which right. you know uh, uh, you know people's uh, activity has been you know altered quite a bit. So I, yeah, no, it, it's 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 a, it's a situation uh, to, that you know I'll be monitoring as we go forward here. Well, I thank you so much for your casing the building. I might go case it. I've got to know what's happening here. This is the most insane, one of the most insane. Maybe it combines two things that I know something about, which is New York real estate because I, I was a broker. And <laughs> Bannon. So you have like a couple things that are like to me, 
are just, I have so many questions that make no sense. They make no sense. No, absolutely. absolutely. But you know what, no, they, it's you know a, what they say? The answer is usually really simple when you find it. Like that, when you, when you find out what the reality is, it's like, all right, now this makes sense. I guarantee unfortunately, you. Unfortunately, you, you, you may be right, and I, I even hope you're right. Uh, or, uh, you know, the thing is everything that to date with, uh, with Guo has been extremely complex. And maybe there's a simple answer right. out there. Or, and also, uh, isn't, maybe isn't just... he like a thug? Hasn't he, like, endangered people's lives, like, here in the United States? Uh, he certainly like, had at... a number of, of uh, le- you know, legal entanglements. And, uh, I mean... Guo, I mean, Guo basically does makes numerous, uh, uh, you know, incorrect, false, uh, uh, and and yes, even some would say, some might say, uh, uh, dangerous statements uh, about and and relating to to various people, and this is, has impacted a you know a number of folks, including as I mentioned, uh, Ms. Gong. But um, and, and that he, was you know, in Manhattan, he, right? That whole case that was in. I remember that. That was. That was in uh, New I would York, have to take right? a look exactly where that case was litigated. Um, I would have to look actually. No, look because at I remember now. there was like not very many reporters that were actually like in the courthouse, like or in the wherever. Yeah, this uh, yes, it was. It was litigated in the Southern official. District of New York. No, I'm right. sorry, you know, I'm looking at a different case. I'm looking at the wrong case. I apologize. There, there have been. I have so many Guo cases. <laughs> that was the. Um, that yeah, we are this Eastern Profits Corporation versus Strategic Vision, um, and that was and litigated. Also litigated being, in the southern. That was also in the southern they district. They were accusing of New York. her of being like a CCP like apologist or something, and there was a there number was like of Guo. Guo has targeted uh, various Chinese dissidents uh, here in the United States clashed with numerous Chinese dissidents. And this has led to, again, questions about his actual motivations, intentions, why he has, yes, accused a number of Chinese dissidents of, in fact, being right. spies, and they have, in turn, accused him of being a spy. Uh, and that is, you know, came up in the case I just alluded to. So, you right. know, yes, it, it, there, there are many questions. What we can actually say is that Guo and his media affiliates spread uh, false information uh, and quite uh, sensational uh, allegations uh, without any real clear basis uh, in, in evidence or fact. Well, before I let you go, promise me that you'll come back on to talk about uh, Sure, sure. I, we're we're so, to. Also, it'll never, I will be thinking about this for days, that Miles Wout, who's built as this wealthy real estate mogul, basically. I've seen photographs of his, like, supposed thing that he owns, like his home that's just mm-hmm. very opulent, penthousey New York, overlooking, like, the Central Park or whatever. Oh, yeah. Whatever. And I... The, and he doesn't own these things. It's amazing to me. It's like blowing uh, my mind. It's, again, it's, it's an open question about, you know, the, I, I, look, once, at one point he claimed to own the, the unit at the Sherry Netherland, and now his lawyers allege that he doesn't. Uh, right. Many, many, like I said, uh, at this point, uh, there are just a lot of questions about Guo and the, the source of his wealth and his access to assets and the relationship uh, he has. For example, as I said, he also claims he doesn't own GTV, which, you know, literally, like I believe, the ownership entity of which has the trademark on his name. So a lot of these claims, uh, again, Guo says a lot of things, makes a lot of claims. I would just be very careful with everything uh, that, um, every every, uh, allegation he makes. Everything is a lie. It's just like Bannon, just don't, whatever he's saying, it's like you've got to, like, it's probably a lie. You know, there's a good chance he's exaggerating or leaving things out or whatever. It's, you need to fact check everything, at the, you know, and, and double fact check it, frankly. 
Exactly. Uh, at this point. Uh, and frankly, well, that's you're the best. Are you, where, are, you, are you writing, like, regularly for the Daily Beast? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm a full-time, full-time employee, reporter, and researcher. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because you say research. So I, you know, I don't know if that means you're writing or just doing, you know, you yeah, do no, great do both. work. Do, do it all. Thank you. I appreciate All right, it. Thanks so are, much. So where can could people just go to the Daily Beast and put your name in, and they'll find you? Uh, what, yeah, what, what's uh, your uh, my Twitter is at Will Bretterman. Uh, I, I encourage everyone to just to go to the Daily Beast page. You'll see my stories and just so many other great stories by my colleagues. And, uh, again, I, I really appreciate you having me on. I, I promise me you'll come back on on a regular basis well, to absolutely. go over all I'll, things. And even if we just are workshopping and, like, like, like CSI Miami. Happy to join you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. You too.